Um, but, but we're moving into the second week. Last week we talked about vices. You see the little devil guy on the left side there? And, and we talked about vices. We talked about those things in our life that hold us back from becoming who God wants us to be. And I, we did, I didn't get into the personal stuff last week. I, I tried not to get into what all of the vices are because the truth of the matter is you know what your vices are. You know the things in your life that keep you from being holy, that keep you, that, that mess things up, that the things that, that are deep within you that, that just aren't right, the, the, the temptations that you have, you know what those are. So last week we talked about vices and we talked about the fact that we have to get past those vices. We looked at um, 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 3 to 4. It says this, His divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life through, the, through our knowledge of Him who has called us by His own glory and goodness. Through these, He has given us very great and precious promises so that through them you may participate in the divine nature." Having escaped the corruption, I think that's the wrong scripture, by the way, so don't read that. Listen to me. Um, having escaped the corruption of the world caused by evil desires. So what we saw last week, two big things that we saw that we need to know for this week, two very important things. Number one, we are called to a godly life. It says you have everything you need for a godly life. Later it says, so that we may participate in the divine nature. We as followers of Christ are called to live a godly life, to be Christ-like. And so we talked about last week the second thing, that in order to do that, we have to get past those vices, those things that hold us up, those things that keep us, those things that, are, that make a mess of our lives, that, that keep us from representing Christ. But here's the thing. The Christian faith is a lot bigger than just avoiding sin. Being Christ-like is a lot bigger than just getting past those vices. Vices and virtues is the name of this series because it's not just not sinning, but it's growing and becoming like Christ. And so today we're going to talk about that. The, the Christian faith, being a follower of Christ, is about much more than not sinning. It's about being like Christ every day. When you think about Jesus, sure, we talk about Jesus was perfect. He never sinned. He, he didn't mess up. He didn't have those vices. But Jesus was a lot more than just just a non-sinner, Jesus was somebody who gave and redeemed and loved. If we're going to be Christ-like, we can't just get over sin. We have to strive to be like Jesus in everything we do. The truth of the matter is, you guys know this, it is entirely possible to get over your vices and still not look like Jesus. It is entirely possible for you to do the right thing. I talked about this last week. In high school, I used to think like, hey, I'm a pretty good kid. I don't do all the stuff that all the other bad kids do, right? I'm a good kid. But it's bigger than that. And the truth is, I've heard this before. I'm not trying to be negative, but I've heard this before, that sometimes people who maybe have gotten over vices maybe aren't the most Christ-like 
when they go out into the community. Somebody told me that, please listen to this today, this is important. Somebody that worked in the, in the food industry like as, as, a, as a waiter or a waitress told me once that one of the hardest days to do that job is Sundays when church is let out. Because the truth of the matter is, there are a lot of people who are followers of Christ, who have done a good job of not sinning, but man, they don't act like Jesus very well at the restaurant, or at the ball game, or anywhere else. Being a follower of Christ, being Christ-like is much more than just getting over vices. So that's what we're talking about today, virtues. The truth of the matter is we as followers of Christ, listen to this, put this in your head, this is huge. We as followers of Christ should be the most joyful people on earth. We have a hope that nobody else knows. We should be joyful. We should be the slowest to anger. We should be able to brush things off when people cut us off in traffic, when people mess up our orders, when people do things we don't like. We should be slow to anger. We should be joyful. We should be easy to be around. We should be leaders in loving. As followers of Christ, we should love others even when others don't. We should encourage each other. Man, sometimes... We can get, I talked about last week that sometimes in my nature it's easy for me to be negative. We should be encouraging and uplifting. We have the hope of Christ. We are called to a godly life. We should be graceful. We are called to do more than just get over sin. We are called to be Christ in our community. Let's keep reading in 2 Peter, picking up in verse 5. This is what you saw earlier. It says this. For this reason, make every effort to add to your faith goodness, and to goodness knowledge, and to knowledge self-control, and to self-control perseverance, and to perseverance godliness, and to godliness mutual affection, and to mutual affection love. For if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ." But whoever does not have them is nearsighted and blind, forgetting that they have been cleansed from their past sins. Therefore, my brothers and sisters, make every effort to confirm your calling and election, for if you do these things, you will never stumble, and you will receive a rich welcome into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So, We've got to get past the vices. We talked about this last week. We've got to get past the vices. That's the bare minimum of following Christ. We've got to get past them. But it's more than that. He says, make every effort to grow every day and to become more and more like Jesus. Because if you don't, you're not going to be Christ-like. So I want to look into the scripture real quick. Verses 3 to 4 say that, that it's through God's power that we grow. It said in, in Christ we have everything we need to get past our vices and to grow and live the godly life. But there's something important we need to know here. As Christians, that does not take away any responsibility that we have. We have responsibility in this process, in our journey to faith. We can't say God takes care of it, so I'm just going to sit back in neutral. We are called, listen to this scripture, 
make every effort. We are called to take the promises and the gift of grace that God has given us and to do everything in our power to grow and become Christ-like. It's through God's power that we grow, but we have a part in it. And that's to make every effort. The first words here say, for this very reason. These are important words. For this very reason. What reason is it talking about? It's talking about what God has done for us, these promises and these gifts that God has given us. We have the inheritance to know that we are, we are children of the kingdom of God. And so for this very reason, make every effort. These words are really important because we get this wrong all the time. I get this wrong all the time. The reason that we strive to be Christ-like is not to earn our election or our calling. It's not to earn God's love. God's love is freely given to us. But because God's love is freely given to us, we are called to make every effort. It's a reaction. It's when you're given a gift, you, you're grateful. You want to you change the way you do things. We are called because of God's love, because of God's promises, because of what God has done for us to strive to be Christ-like. There's a big difference between response and achievement, the motivation of response. I was thinking about this. People that work very hard for money tend to be fairly stingy with their money. Have you guys found that to be true? Some of you are those people. You have worked very hard for your money or your legacy, and you probably tend to be a little bit more stingy with that money or with the stuff that you've been given. But somebody who hasn't earned it, who has been given this great gift, tends to be just grateful and thankful. There's nothing wrong with working hard and, and, and achieving things, but our, our call to be Christ-like does not come from trying to earn God's love. God's love is given to us. It comes because we've been given this free gift of grace that we don't deserve. So what should we do? We should do everything we can to glorify God because we are invited into the kingdom. Make every effort not to earn God's love, but to follow God's love and to attain that lifestyle and to serve God. So it says, add to your faith goodness. Add to goodness, knowledge. Add to knowledge, self-control. Add to self-control, perseverance. Add to perseverance, godliness. Add to godliness, mutual affection. And mutual affection, love. Now, we could look at the scripture and think that the order of these is super important. We could get really caught up in the order. I, I want us to just not worry about that right now. What this is talking about is growing spiritually, becoming holy and Christ-like. We are called to grow. See, some of these things overlap each other. Being patient is part of love. Being, having perseverance is part of faith. These aren't things where, hey, I've got to get faith before I can get goodness, and goodness before I can get knowledge, and knowledge before I can get self-control. The truth is, all of it starts with faith. Our journey starts with faith. It's the first thing. And then it grows, and our journey culminates in Christ-like love. All those other things are things that help us become 
like Jesus. You might remember I actually preached this exact text a few months ago in our DNA series when we were talking about transformation. I used this exact text. And when I did that, I asked you to write down this list of things and I ask you to, to, to make every effort to grow in these areas. So I want to ask you this morning. I, I, I really want you to think about this. How are you doing? How are you growing? Is your faith growing? Have you grown in your faith in these last three months? Have you grown in goodness? Have you become more kind and good in the last few months? Have you grown in self-control? Are you more self-controlled than you were? Have you, are you persevering? Are you stronger? Are you able to persevere through the difficult things? Are you growing in that? Are you growing in godliness and being like Jesus? This is, this is sometimes a tough one for us. Are we growing in mutual affection and loving each other and loving each other? Sometimes... We're all in with Jesus, but not with so-and-so. We're called to grow in mutual affection. We, we, as followers of Christ, once again, should love each other more than we see outside of the walls of the church. We should love each other and lift each other up. And lastly, are you growing in love? Think about that for a second. I want you to think in your mind, that list of things. I challenged you to do that several months ago. The question is, are you growing? What this boils down to is, are you growing spiritually? Are you becoming more Christ-like every day? We are called to grow. This is what we should look like as Christians. We've got to get over our vices, but these are the virtues that help us become like Christ. So are you becoming more like Christ? It goes on and it says, it says, if you possess these things in increasing measure, this is another phrase that we cannot miss right here. If you possess these qualities in increasing measure. It doesn't say, if you possess these qualities, you're good. It says, if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, we are called, this, this is huge for us, we are called to continually grow. I don't care if you've been a Christian for 80 years and you sit here this morning. Guess what? You're called in increasing measure to grow closer to Christ. Or if you just got saved last week, or if, if you're brand new, we are called to grow more like Christ every day. We are called to have these, these things in increasing measure. And that's good news for us, isn't it? Because there may be some of you today that don't feel like a saint of the church. You would say, you know what? That list right there, I don't measure up. I don't look like that. I, I, I struggle with that. Good news is this, God is much less concerned with how perfect you are than how, how much you want to be like Jesus, how much you've committed yourself to be like Jesus. You may be brand new at this, and you may be struggling with a few of these things, but we are called to make every effort to do everything we can. Listen, this is tough stuff. If you've been in the church 60 years, but you're not growing in your faith, 
you're missing it. God is more concerned with who we are becoming than what we've achieved. We've got to get this. So we are called to grow every day, to have these qualities, that list, in increasing measure. So the good news is this. I know that some of you may struggle with some of these. I know I do. But we are to make every effort to be more like Jesus every day through these virtues and others. The journey of faith requires constant growth. If you've been in the church forever, you're called to grow. If you're brand new to the church, you're called to grow. Every single one of us every day should be seeking to grow. I heard this. I thought this was pretty good. It said, Peter calls us to a holy dissatisfaction with our present achievements and accomplishments. That's absolutely true. What Peter is saying in this text is you haven't made it yet. You may have done great things. You may have perfect attendance in in church and Sunday school and all those other things. But you are called to continue to grow This was a quote. This is what I was just talking about. It's a quote from John Piper. It says, We do not judge a person's genuineness by how close he is to heaven, but by how hard he is stroking. And in that, he's talking about stroking, swimming towards Jesus. The evidence that God's power has been given to you by faith is that you are now making every effort, as verse 5 says, to advance the qualities of Christ in your life. What tells us that your faith is growing, what tells us that you are in love with Jesus is that you are making every effort to be like Jesus every day. In Scripture, we see this over and over again. Jesus was much less concerned with the accomplishments of the religious people and much more concerned and much more excited by the people who exhibited a growing faith. Think through Scripture. You'll you'll think of stories. Zacchaeus, that's a story that we sing about and we tell our children. This guy named Zacchaeus, when Jesus was coming through town, Zacchaeus was a tax collector and he wasn't a great guy, but he was climbing trees because he wanted to see Jesus. And what does Jesus do? He goes to his house. Because he wants to see us seeking to grow. And the religious people that said, you shouldn't be with him, Jesus says, this is exactly who I should be with because I want my followers to be growing. Think of Mary who poured the oil on Jesus' feet and some of Jesus' disciples said, man, that's a waste of oil. No, no, it's not. Mary wanted to be close to Jesus, wanted to grow. That's what Jesus looks at and rewards and and compliments and encourages the people that are seeking to be with him, to be more like him. Verse 8 goes on. And it says, for if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, they will keep you. This is this is pretty important stuff. They will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of Jesus Christ. Like I said, you can have gone to church your whole life, you can have scripture memorized, but if you are not increasing in your faith, this says right here that you can be ineffective and unproductive. You may not be leading others towards Jesus just because you've achieved. We lead others towards Jesus 
when we grow and when we seek and we know him more and more. That's what this is all about is growing. It says, but whoever does not have these is nearsighted and blind, forgetting what they, that they've been cleansed from their sins. The opposite of someone growing into Christ-likeness is somebody who is ineffective and unproductive and nearsighted in their faith and blind in their faith. That's the opposite. What does that mean? Nearsighted. I think nearsighted means that we can't see the full picture. Some of you have been here. I, I remember a moment. I've told you about this moment before. I was in college. I had a midterm. It was a fourth of my grade, and I made a nine out of 100 on it. I didn't know I had a test. It didn't go well. I made a nine out of 100. That's a fourth of my grade. And I was so nearsighted that I went and laid in my bed and thought, my life is over. I have ruined my life with this one test. I was so nearsighted that I couldn't see the bigger picture, and I thought it was all, I was so wrapped up in the moment and the circumstance that I couldn't step back and understand that God has always taken care of me, and even when I mess up, God has grace and forgiveness. I was nearsighted. That's what that means. That as followers of Christ, if we're not growing, if we don't increase in these, these virtues, that we will become nearsighted. We won't be able to see what God is doing. We won't be able to see the bigger picture. Or blind in our faith. That we won't be able to see God at work. It says forgetting what God has done. How many times have you experienced this where you know that God's done something in your life, but, but you drift away, you stop growing, you drift away, and all of a sudden it's like all of that stuff was empty and forgotten and long ago. The truth of the matter is if we are not growing towards Christ-likeness, we're moving away from it. This is, ab I, I need you to hear this. If you are not growing closer to Christ-likeness, you're not staying still, you're moving away from it. There are two examples I have of this, and both of them are very, part of the, one of the hardest things of preaching is that I get convicted by this stuff too. There's two examples I have of this. Number one is our bodies. I've, I've been on a, a long experiment that I shouldn't be on of not working hard enough to grow into what I should be physically. If you don't eat well, if you don't exercise, you don't stay where you are. If the goal is to be here and you stop eating well and stop exercising, you don't stay here. You drift here, right? So I've been doing this experiment just for you guys, just for this Sunday. I'm going to stop now, and next week I'm going, to, you know, I'm going to start moving in this direction, right? The second thing, and this may hit a little closer to home with some of you, when you get married, and I did a wedding this weekend, when you get married, and you start in your relationship, and you're growing, and you love each other more and more, if you stop, if you stop making the effort to grow, you don't stay where you're at. If you stop communicating with your spouse, you don't stay where you're at. You drift away from each other. You drift and your relationship isn't the same as it was. I'm going to be really honest with you. I've been bad this week. Not with vices. I haven't done anything terrible. But I just haven't been growing I haven't been working hard. I've been stressed. And I haven't given Megan 
the love that I should. And the truth of the matter is, if you aren't growing in your marriage and in your love, you're not staying here. You're moving away. Some of you have experienced this. You've had time where you didn't do that and you got to a point where you thought, how did we get here? It's because if you're not growing, you're moving away. I'm sorry, Megan. That's how our faith is. If we're not growing towards Jesus, if we're not making every effort to become more Christ-like, we're not staying here. We're moving away. And you guys know this because you've experienced it, and I've experienced it, that when you're not working to be like Jesus, you end up further away than you were. And so the call in 2 Peter is not just to stay away from the bad, the vices. The call in 2 Peter is to make every effort to be more like Jesus every day. Make every effort to grow in the virtues, in your faith. And so the big question we need to ask today in closing is this. How do I grow in faith? This week I had a meeting with some pastors, and I love it when this happens. But this week we were talking, and, and one of them shared some information that they had heard at a conference. And I was like, that's exactly what I need that's exactly what we need to hear. And so how do we grow in our faith? It would be silly of me to tell you that you need to grow to be more like Jesus and not tell you how to do that. So here is how people grow in their faith. This is simple. I want you to make a list. Take out your phone or a piece of paper. You can write this down. You can go into the notes section of your phone and type this in. But write these things down because this is how we as followers of Christ grow in our virtues and grow closer to Jesus. So here it is. Number one. We grow by worshiping together. We grow by worshiping together. That's what we're doing today. We come together. We worship God together. We are called not to walk the faith journey alone, but to be a part of the body of Christ. And we've come together today to worship God. And when we do that, we grow together. I don't know if you guys have ever experienced this I grew up in the church. I was a pastor's kid. I wasn't allowed to miss church. And then I got to college, and I had a choice. And there was a, a point in college where I wasn't going to church as much as I had in the past. And guess what? Coincidentally, I was not growing closer to being like Jesus. We have to worship together. You have to commit to worship together regularly. And so I want you to make worship a priority I want you to prioritize worshiping together with the body of Christ. If you will do that, you will see growth in your spiritual life. Number two, one-on-one -on -one time with God. This is big. We don't only grow when we come together, but we grow in our personal time of reading Scripture and praying and seeking God. God speaks to us. Some of my best spiritual moments were moments where I was driving in my car and nobody else was with me and I was praying and I was singing and I was doing this, crying. Some of my best moments are late at night when I'm laying in bed and God's Spirit comes over me and I experience God's love and God's power by myself. 
And so we're called to worship together, but we're called to one-on-one time. You need, as a follower of Christ, if you're going to become like Jesus, you need to take time to grow personally, one-on-one with God through reading Scripture, through prayer, and through worship on your own. Number three, we need accountability. Once again, we are not called to walk this journey on our own, and we will be at our strongest. We will grow the most when we have other people that are followers of Christ that are walking this journey with us and helping us grow. We need to be able to talk to each other. Man, I just let you into some real accountability. I just confessed my struggles with you. You need people that you can sit down and say, this is where I'm at. This is what I'm struggling with. And they can encourage you. They can tell you to move closer to Jesus. A part of growing is accountability. So you need to surround yourself with a few people or with a group that's going to hold you accountable and help you grow. Number four, we grow by serving others. You need to be serving others. Jesus came and Jesus gave and Jesus served And Jesus loved, and Jesus poured himself out. And if we're going to be like Jesus, we have to serve others. We can't sit in our comfortable houses and keep our wealth and our time to ourselves. We have to get out and serve others. And when you serve others, you experience the divine nature. You experience that giving that, that Jesus did. Number five is giving financially and and time and, and energy and those things. To give. Giving helps us have perspective. Like I said earlier, when we hoard our wealth, when we think it's all about us, when, when we get tight with our money and our time and our energy, we're not being Christ-like. But when we give, we experience the divine nature at work in our life. Try it. Just try it this week. Test me out. Give something. Give a gift to someone. Give to God. Give, and you will grow more like Jesus. Number six, sharing our faith. If our faith in God is number one in our life, if we want to please God and honor God more than anything else, then we should be sharing our faith with others. We went on the mission trip last week down to Fort Myers with, with 15 people. And one of the most powerful times to me was the time where we sat and we heard each other's stories. We heard what we had been through. We heard what God was doing in each other's life. Share your faith with others. If you share your faith with others and they share it with you, you grow. And so six things, worshiping together, one-on-one time with God, accountability, serving others, giving, and sharing your faith. That's how we grow as followers of Christ. Do you know what I, as a pastor, never hear? I never hear someone say, you know, I've been skipping church a lot lately, and I've been spending all my time doing other things other than praying, and and I've been holding all my wealth to myself, and, and I haven't been sharing my faith with anyone, but man, I'm on fire for Jesus. That's not what I hear. I hear I'm on fire for Jesus because I've been serving and I've been holding accountable with others and I've been worshiping and I'm all in. We are called to make every effort to grow in our faith, to grow to become more like Jesus. So it's not just getting over vices, but it's growing in our virtues. 
We are called to be more like Jesus. And so those six things, I gave you a list last time, I'm giving you a list these, this time. Those are the things that if you want to be more like Jesus, you need to commit yourself to doing in the next days, weeks, months, and years. And I promise that if you make every effort, God's power will be at work in your life and you will grow. The band's going to come up and we're going to sing together, but I want to pray for us as they do. Father, we come together this morning and Jesus, I want to be more like you. I want to be who you've called me to be, Lord. I don't want to struggle with vices and I don't want, to, I don't want things to pull me down, but I don't just want to be empty in my faith. I don't just want to be someone who doesn't do certain things. I want to be a person that lives and loves and serves and gives like you did, Lord. And Lord, I want our church to be a church that is constantly growing. Not numerically. I do want us to grow numerically, but Lord, I want us to grow closer to you that when people see us, they see you. And so Father, as we worship together, as we sing together, I pray that you would be working in our lives. I pray that we would commit to make every effort to grow closer to you. And I pray that your divine power that's at work in us would help us to become like you. We love you, Jesus. We commit to you today in your name. Amen.